Hi, I'm Chris Buxton. And I'm Casey Dean, and welcome back to I Kissed a Frog and I Liked It, Episode 5. This episode is called A Mike's Tale, and it is in honor and memory of my grandpa. A quick word before we start this episode, this episode has one swear word in it that I just didn't have the heart to remove. So it might not be suitable for some of our younger listeners. So without further ado, A Mike's Tale. Enjoy. Once upon a time, King Arthur boarded his noble steed and headed off in search of glory. Huzzah! But as they came over the hill, Arthur's horse abruptly stopped and thought, What's the point? Onward, Hengrin, why do you delay? And after a moment or two, Hengrin took off once more in a gallop. Glory, here I come! But after passing through a meadow and rounding a corner, the horse stopped once more, this time throwing Arthur through the air and onto the ground. Ah! These are strange goings-on here in Camelot. What is the matter, Hengrin? Why do these things keep happening today? And for some reason, Arthur boarded his horse once more, and the journey continued until, the third time, Hengrin realized how useless his existence was and came to a halt, sending Arthur airborne. Oh! Seriously, what's the deal? But rather than board his horse, this time Arthur gave up altogether. I did? He found his way back to the castle in Camelot, where he spent the rest of eternity sitting on his couch, drowning his sorrows in ice cream. Um, are you sure that's how my story goes? Excuse me, who is telling this story? But what about epic battles in Guinevere and Merlin? Yeah, the battles lead to unnecessary bloodshed. Guinevere ends up cheating on you with Lancelot, and Merlin is just another old man who dies in the end. Uh, narrator, are you okay? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just a bit off my game today. My grandpa just died, so I'm not really in the mood for fairy tales. I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah, well, thanks, Arthur. But why does your tragedy have to ruin my story? I mean, what's the big deal? Well, he's dead. I mean, he's gone forever. Yeah, so I died hundreds of years ago. Big whoop. You don't seem dead to me. Well, yeah, my legacy lives on through countless stories by hundreds of authors. Stories much better than this one. Arthur, you're brilliant. I know. If I include my grandpa in the story, it's just like he never left. Mm, no, I didn't say that. Arthur boarded his horse a final time. One moment, narrator. You can't just insert your grandpa into my story. As Arthur mounted Hengroin, he could almost taste the glory. Mmm, it tastes like chicken. And with a flick of the reins, the great king took off. Well, it beats spending eternity on my couch in Camelot. Huzzah! When suddenly in the distance, he began to make out the figure of an old man riding toward him on horseback. Rejoice! It must be my mentor, Merlin! And as the figure drew nearer and nearer, Arthur slowly realized something. Careful, Hengrin! That's no ordinary horse. <laughs> the creature on which the old man sat had the head of a bull, curved horns like a ram, and a mane like a horse. Surely Merlin wouldn't ride on 
such a creature. Suddenly, the old man came into view and King Arthur found himself in the presence of Grandpa Mike. Good morning. What foul beast do you ride on, old man? It's called a bonnikin, and it is very powerful. I don't understand. You say that it's powerful, but its horns look useless. Oh, it has other defense mechanisms. <laughs> Good heavens! <laughs> Did that bonnikin just shoot fire from its rear end? Yeah, people are afraid to talk about bonnikins because they defecate fire, but they are real mythological creatures. I'm not making this up. If you give me your email, I can send you more about them. Look out! Wait, why was there no fire with that one? <laughs> that one wasn't the bonnikin! Really, narrator? <laughs> you made your grandpa ride on a bonicon? Well, yeah, I mean, he has a great sense of humor, and besides, he's the one who told me about bonicons, and they are totally a real thing. Mm -hmm. oh, what an atrocious creature. <laughs> well, it's like the farmer said as he was kissing the pig. It's all a matter of taste. What are you doing here, old man? My purpose is to help you with your journey. How could you possibly help me? Oh, slow down. Before you figure out the how, you have to figure out your why. What? No, why. In other words, why are you on the planet? Well, uh, I want to be the greatest king that ever lived. I want to serve my people with honor and glory. There you go. There is your why. Now. Visualize yourself having fulfilled your why. Close your eyes. What do you see? Well, I'm sitting at a round table, goblet of wine, while my subjects bow down before me, and in my hands I have a gigantic sword. I'm holding Excalibur. See, we know your why and your what. Now we just need to know where. Oh, I know where Excalibur is. I've tried many a times to claim the mighty sword, but thus far it has been to no avail. We'll worry about the how when we reach the destination. Now, hop on my bonnikin and let's go! Ah, I think I'd prefer to stay on my horse. Well, it's like the guy said. I'm not peculiar. Huzzah! Arthur and Grandpa rode off through the clearing and off in quest for Excalibur. There it is, lodged in that stone. Upon seeing the sword, Arthur dismounted his horse and Grandpa Mike uh, <laughs> dismounted his bonnet. <laughs> Gross. But just as Arthur was about to walk toward Excalibur, a giant beast with the head of a snake, body of a leopard, and legs of a lion appeared in Arthur's path. I, I don't know if I can do this. Sure you can. You know, I think you will be capable of really great things as soon as you get rid of the kimchi mucking up your life. Why does he talk like that? Well, that's just the kind of guy he is. He has all sorts of outrageous sayings. What's kimchi? Well, it's a joke. Sometimes he substitutes the word kimchi for other profanities. Or at least he used to. Just then. Arthur took his lance and stabbed the monster right through the heart. Take that, foul beast! He pulled out the lance and stabbed it once more, piercing its massive skull. I must make sure you are dead, you monster! Have at you! Huzzah! 
saw, my task is complete, I have. Arthur then found an axe lying on the ground, and he swung it violently at the creature's neck. Uh, okay. And then, oh, and then Arthur yanked out a tooth out of the beast's mouth, and, and he began to repeatedly slash the monster's ugly green skin. Uh. Come on, it's already dead. Have mercy. Yeah, the universe had no mercy for my grandpa. You're getting focused on the wrong things. Forget about the kimchi and focus on what you want. See, I need to focus on Excalibur. <laughs> Grandpa's right. Of course. Grandpa, Grandpa is always right. Arthur left the beast alone and continued his quest toward Excalibur. When suddenly... He heard a beautiful voice. And he and Grandpa beheld the Lady of the Lake. I sense the presence of the great King Arthur and Grandpa Mike. I don't want you to get a big head, but you have an incredible voice. Have you considered a career in performance? Oh, no! I had to go into the family business. My mom was Lady of the Lake. My grandma was Lady of the Lake. So what? You are capable of so much more. You up on that stage would be a three-hanky performance. Oh, thank you so much! Grandpa Mike, focus. We are on the quest for Excalibur. But just as Arthur was about to approach the sword... The Lady of the Lake noticed the dismembered corpse of the beast. What happened? Who did this? Oh, that would be me, lady. I have slain the beast for you. Well, that beast was my pet and dearest friend. Uh-oh. You have taken away my baby from me. Therefore, I must take something away from you. As vengeance for what you've done, I will take away the great-grandpa, Mike. Come on. Can't we just take Excalibur and carry on in peace? Not unless Grandpa Mike comes with me. Go ahead. Don't worry about me. I'm old anyway. I need glasses to see. Hearing aids to hear. All I need now is a rubber asshole. <laughs> I know how important this is to you. Why give it up for an old man? Well... But Arthur didn't give up Grandpa Mike. I mean, of course he didn't. It was worth anything to keep him around. I don't know. He's pretty old. No. No, no, no. You can't let him go. He means the world to me. What other choice do I have? Negotiate. Do anything. Hey! You're not supposed to talk to the narrator. It ruins the illusion. Just do what he says. Okay, okay. I'll tell you what, Lady of the Lake. I'll give you all the wealth in my kingdom. <laughs> I don't care about money. She said no. Why did you make her say no? I know just what she's going through. Money doesn't make up for her loss. Uh, okay. How about royalty? Take control of my whole kingdom. No! What's the point? Power can't bring him back. Seriously? You made her say no again. If you want him back so badly, why don't you just make her say yes? Stop talking to him! Can't you tell he's going through an internal debate? You can talk the legs off a frog with these negotiations, but I still say you should leave me. Don't do it. Okay. 
How about a job as a lead singer and entertainer for the whole kingdom? Oh, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for your singing career. What do you say? What about my baby? I can't just forget him. Don't forget him. Let him be the reason you sing. But... Go on. Don't be afraid of success. Okay, yes. I'll take it. Huh. I knew the writer would have to go for that callback. And so the Lady of the Lake went off to start her singing career, leaving Grandpa Mike with Arthur. <laughs> Grandpa Mike, are you okay? Of course, I'm finer than a frog hair. Arthur strode toward the stone that held Excalibur. Finally, I have nothing in the way of completing my he reached forward, grabbing the mighty handle, and gracefully pulled the sword from the stone. <laughs> oh, kimchi. What's wrong? The sword is still stuck. No, <laughs> no, it can't be. I, I said that you pulled it out. I narrated it. I don't know what to tell you. I, I tried, but it's still stuck. Well, okay, just, just try it again. Uh, let, me, let me try it again. Uh, Arthur grabbed the sword and pulled it free from the stone. Nope, still nothing. Oh, come on, just pull harder. I'm telling you, this sword won't budge. Well, this doesn't make sense. This is my story. What I say goes. If I say the sword is free, it's free. If I say the Lady of the Lake leaves, she leaves. If I say my grandpa is still alive, then he's still alive. Try again. I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. What? This has never happened before. Grandpa, Grandpa, what am I supposed to do? Finer than a frog hair. Grandpa, that doesn't make sense. What should I do? It's like the guy said. I'm not peculiar. Grandpa, what's wrong with you? Are... I think you know it's wrong. Grandpa Mike can only say things you heard him say in real life. It's like the skunk said as he sat on the windy hill. It all comes back to me now. And he never gave you the words for this situation. As writer, if you don't know the answer, then he doesn't either. That's the worst part. I think I do know the answer. He was wise enough to give me that bit of knowledge, too. You need to let me go. But but I can't. No, I, I couldn't possibly. If he isn't in the story, then that means that he's really gone. Who's supposed to help people like the Lady of the Lake or, or you or me? It wasn't your grandpa helping the Lady of the Lake or me. It's been you all along, using the lessons he taught you. That's how he lives on, not through trying to bring him back. Oh, oh, kimchi. You're right. Well, I'm off like a dirty shirt. Goodbye, Grandpa. I love you. I love you too. And with that, Grandpa Mike disappeared. This time, for good. And... And Arthur reached out once more for the sword, this time pulling it effortlessly from the stone. Huzzah! It worked, didn't it? It worked. I can rule my people honorably. Thank you. <laughs> Grandpa would be proud. He was an extraordinary man, wasn't he? He was. Absolutely. But no point in dwelling on that. You have a kingdom to run. Go on. You kind of have to narrate me off. Oh. Right. <laughs> Wielding the sword of Excalibur, King Arthur boarded his horse and headed no, off to- No, not this time. I have a better idea. <laughs> yeah, I know just what you're thinking. 
Arthur boarded the Bonicon and rode off into the sunset. Huzzah! Thanks so much for listening to A Mike's Tale. If you enjoyed this podcast, please think about liking or subscribing wherever you're listening. The next episode will be available in one week on May 6th. A huge thank you to our vocal talent, Hayden Beber, Samuel Forbes, Chris Buxton, and Jessica Ward. As always, we are doing a virtual tip jar for this episode, so if you'd like to give money, you can donate to us on Venmo. Our handle is I Kissed a Frog and I Liked It. And if you have any comments for us or questions, you can email us at ikissafrogandiliked at gmail.com. This episode was written by Chris Buxton. Our theme is composed by Kyle Short. And a huge thank you to Kip Buxton for helping us with the recordings. Thanks, Dad. I Kissed a Frog and I Liked It was produced, edited, and directed by Chris Buxton and Casey Dean. Thank you so much, and we hope you tune in next week.